Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Jackson, I don't have time for you to talk about the Grizzlies and what they did to the Warriors last night. I got 59 minutes, and we've got the Cardinals in a, in a busman special here in a couple hours, and Dan McLaughlin's going to be with us at 1045. And, and maybe you know it, maybe you don't, but right here on 101 ESPN, the Blues are going to try to eliminate the Minnesota Wild in about like nine hours, ten hours. So what are you going to do about it? Uh, sit here quietly. <laughs> try not to break anything. But why... Would Mr. Hockey sit here quietly? Uh, you know, I just like to insert myself when when I'm needed. As Mr. Hockey, you know, what do they say? If, if you're good at it, don't do anything for free. So, you know, I need more. <laughs> I didn't know you were on an internship program. Right. I, I was under the impression you were compensated. Well, I'm paid by take. Wow. It's a hell of a model. <laughs> <laughs> Pay me by my takes. Uh, yeah, Chris Kerber is going to be with us coming up uh, for the Engineer Design Facilities Blues Playoff Report. That is at 10.15. Dan McLaughlin with us at 10.45. And uh, you are welcome to participate in the conversation anytime with the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Zero six five seven eight zero, And I like that the audience is mad at Jackson, not just for, uh, you know, loving the fact that the Celtics uh, blew it last night no, and no. wanting to spend time on it, but also that he won't play their mic drops because I understand mic drops are coming through and they're just getting filtered. And Rhino Shield is the sponsor of that. So you can uh, use that 101 ESPN app and uh, leave a mic drop. So do it. Do it. I am so fired up today. I love this. Now, we it's been acknowledged. I understand uh, Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman and uh, the great Matt Rocchio were talking about it uh, on Carricker and Smallman uh, that that uh, they are acknowledging the puck drop will be at eight fifty. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm wondering is that a way to set it up for nine ten because I usually just add on the twenty minutes. But even with that said, fine, it's going to be late. But you got a chance to advance and play the Colorado Avalanche. Ooh. Unintentional rhyme with, nice. with a little iambic pentameter in there too. That was really nice. Yeah, I'm excited about myself. <laughs> uh, it's this is I just I love this. I love this, and I love that it's in St. Louis, and so you know that the building will be absolutely raucous. People will be fired up. The wild, they're going to have to make a decision on how they're going to handle this thing. I was reading Michael Russo's column on the Athletic. Uh, this morning, and he's saying they got to make a change. They got to make a change in goal. They got to make a change with the lineup. We will find out on that here, possibly while we are on the air, if that is the direction that they go. If you are interested in wagering, the Blues and Wild, let's pick them. You want to bet, uh, you want to win 100 on the Blues tonight, Jackson? You'll be laying 110. You want to win 100 on the Wild tonight, Jackson? You'll be betting 110. Yeah, a little juice. I'm not against it. Um, uh, they think that the uh, Lightning will force a game seven in Las Vegas. They're minus 140, minus 145, depending on where you're looking. Wow. 
Uh, but the Blues are uh, minus 110. And on, our, on, on TMA, on 105.7 HD2 FM, yeah, I'm on HD2. What are you doing? Yeah, big uh, Iggy, uh, who I think everybody knows from Kegler's Corner, which is a bowling show, yeah. uh, said that the game between the Blues and Wild two nights ago, the puck dropped. It was minus 165. I saw it at minus 140, and then he said it went up to 145 and minus 165, and that was after Letty and Bortuzzo were in the lineup. And I'm trying to figure out what happened. Now, I, I can tell by the look on your face is you're skeptical of that. That's well, what that's what the look on your face is telling me. Well, I was betting it. I was at DraftKings Sportsbook Casino. Yeah, you would know. Yeah, and so I was at, and I'm looking at my, my receipt right now so I can see, because I got, because I bet Blue's money line probably 10 minutes before puck drop. So my number should be similar to what it was when it dropped. I'd be shocked if it went up a significant well, amount. Well, if the Wild are minus 165, the Blues aren't plus 165. You right, that, no, no, right? no. I got it at plus 140. Well, wow. Then that probably would be about right then. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I wonder what that's about. That really surprised me because I know earlier in the day I said it was either minus 140 or 145. Right. And for it to go up, which, you know, I know it's not a huge amount, but in the world of gambling, that's pretty substantial. For sure. After it was known that Letty and Bortuzzo were back, unless they were skeptical That's of the that. thing. That's the thing is if they knew Letty and Bortuzzo were going to play, why would it? Yeah, that's, that's really odd. Hmm. Must have been just yeah, some crazy action. Came I'll, I'll, I'll monitor it today to see if it changes. I, I think we will probably uh, see information on what the Wild are going to do. Jackson, you got to put money down right now. Who's going to be a net for Minnesota tonight? Uh, Mark Andre Fleury. Wow. Yeah. I do agree with what John Kelly said when he was with us yesterday for the EDF playoff report, and that was, it is rare in a seven-game series in the Stanley Cup playoffs for a team to make a non-health-related change in net in game six or seven to a goalie who has not played yet in the series. That part is rare. It's not unheard of. Sure. But it's rare. In other words, if you were going to see Talbot, maybe he wouldn't even have started one of the games, but you would have seen him maybe make an appearance in a game that got out of hand. Although Mm -hmm. these games really, even though some of the scores may indicate that they weren't close, I feel like every one of them has been a sweat. Yeah. I mean, the last one is the only one, if I'm not mistaken, going into the third. It was tied. But a lot of them, if not all of them, uh, maybe game three was kind of a debacle, but a lot of them have been tight. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the score makes it look like it's exactly. a little more lopsided than it actually was. And with Darren Pang, teams, when he was yeah. on with us, he was talking about that, even on the 4 nothing one. Yeah. Uh, Tim, he only said flurry because he doesn't know the name of Cam Talbot. Thank you. That's from 636. Sure. Whatever you say. Oh, my God, you're done fighting. They've they've worn you down. I, I, you're sir. 24 years old. You can't <laughs> give up the fight. <laughs> Fight, boy, fight. Well, there's... Fight, Dr. Baki, fight. I would love to fight. Fight, little piddles, fight. But how could I prove that I knew the name Cam Talbot before I said Mark andre I do think you knew Cam Talbot, in right. part because I had just said it, but I do think we've talked about it enough that it would stick and you're a right. sharp cat, so I do think you would Thank know you. that. Yeah, I, I don't think. I, I think Mark andre Fleury, longtime guy, three-time Stanley Cup winner. You've played them through five games, you're probably going to play him for the sixth. Yeah, if there was, if they were going to make a change, although I don't recall really talking much about this, it, it would have made sense after f- game four. Right, yeah. but More so, but again, I don't know how much of that's on Flurry. But I, th- I think oftentimes, now in St. Louis, I'll take you back to the Roman Turek era, and a lot of you are probably now going into some kind of uh, PTSD on that, but uh, with 
with regards to those changes, I recall being out in Colorado for Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals. Jackson 2001. Blues and Avalanche. That actually was a time when the Blues were up against Patrick Waugh. Yeah, there you go. Contrary to what you may have thought about the 2019 Stanley Cup Final. And I saw Joel Quenville at what was known then as the Pepsi Center before the game. And there were rumblings. I actually think the rumblings may have uh, come from uh, our guest coming up in five minutes, Chris Kerber. Curbs. That the, uh, that, that the Blues might be making a change in goal. And I was getting ready to do uh, my live shot on KMOV. Had a full head of hair. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, and I saw Coach Quimble. I said, hey, uh, who's going to be in goal tonight? And he said, oh, the guy who was in there last game will be in there. And I thought, now I haven't played a hand of poker yet at that time. Sure. So I wasn't the Phil Ivey of local television. But I thought, if it were Roman Turek, you would just say Roman, Roman Turek. Turek. Yeah. And then I started to dig into the weeds a little bit mentally, and I'm like, there was a period of time in Game 4 in St. Louis where he pulled Turek, but I don't think it's because he was pulling him from the game. It was I think there was some issue with his equipment or something, uh-huh. and so Johnson was in there. So by definition, yeah. Johnson was in there. Mm. And actually, and then Sackick won it in overtime and won the series in overtime, and Quenville apologized following the game for being deceptive, not to me, but to the media as a whole, right. for being deceptive with the goaltending thing. And I honestly thought, I'm like, Eh, I don't know if you really owe an apology yeah, on that. Yeah, like... But at the time in 2001, the reindeer game, so to speak, of, you know, I, I don't even know if you heard lower body and upper body then. Cryptic I mean, they were some more. Yeah, it just, it just, you, it just, it, that's become more accepted now. Yeah. Like Sidney Crosby took a hit last night. Mm-hmm. Mike Sullivan, Pittsburgh, not happy about it. Penguins, I think, probably thought they would wrap that thing up last night. And then get a little rest. Now they have to play a game six. Now Sidney Crosby's hurt. And uh, all he said after the game, he's like, he's going to be evaluated. <laughs> now we're at that point. Right. So, and, I, and I think everybody kind of understands it. Yeah. want to let people know. Although I still think they wind up finding out. Yeah. I, I, I don't think coaches in 2022 are being accidentally cryptic. Like, if they're being cryptic, they know what they're doing with it. And I think everyone understands it, that some things happen like that, and you just kind of accept that he's going to say something, but it's probably not going to be, you know, give you the whole story. Hey, Jim Edmonds just texted me. said, I hear you on the radio. Hey, Jimmy Ballgame. How about that? Call on. I told him to call on in. Yeah, call on in. Yeah, we could have the broadcast team together. Is today a Brad Thompson day or is it a Jim Edmonds day? I'm not sure on that. Writer might know. Yeah, he would know since... Uh... Uh, Brad. Brad. Yeah. BT, so, on the call. Look at that. Evans is driving around listening to the show, listening, listening for what Mr. Hockey has to say. I mean, yeah, it feels really good when one of the greatest defensive outfielders in the history of the game is really interested in my hockey knowledge. That's what I'm sure what it is. Jim, this is Jackson Burkett, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Chris know. Kerber is going to join us in a matter of moments for the engineered design facilities text, uh, not text inbox. All that's on TMA. That's where they sponsor that. The playoff report here. How many shows can one man do in one day? Uh, engineered design facilities playoff report. Chris Kerber giving us his perspective. Dan McLaughlin talking Cardinals and the win last night over the Orioles. And we'll talk about a wide variety of things. That's coming up at 1045. This program is known as Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party, 101 ESPN, also known as Mr. Hockey Hour. That's right. 
Mr. Hockey's like fireside chat. Just letting the people know. Get all cozy. It's 95 degrees. Turn on your fireplace. <laughs> Get the cardigan on. And listen. Listen to Jackson's takes. Chris Kerber going to be with us here in this segment presented by Engineered Design Facilities. Dan McLaughlin coming up at 1045. Blues and Wild tonight. Pre-game at 730. The NHL has practiced some transparency and they say the puck drops at 850. I have set the over under at 851, and I have actually taken the under on that. I think that I don't think it's a trick. I don't think they're going okay 850, and I will do 910. I think I think it's 850, and I think they mean it because they were tired of me in St. Louis, Market 21, right. on HD2, calling attention to the fraudulent 830 <laughs> puck drop. I think that's what this is all about. So you can thank me later for solving this problem. Uh, is Chris on the line? Jackson just t- held up his. <laughs> Hold up his finger to me. You never, and I mean never, hold your finger up to me like that again. I have never been angrier. So Chris Kerber is going to be with us here in a matter of moments. Jackson's holding up his finger, and it was incredibly disrespectful. So I'm now going to read texts attacking Jackson. Uh, Let's see what we got here. Jackson, you seem like a good guy, and I don't know how you work with such a putz who throws you under the bus every day. I hope you're getting paid enough to work with this guy. He seems like a guy who figure skates. Is that my dad again? (laughs) (laughs) Do I give off a figure skating? You know what the the irony of that text is, which was wonderful. I don't know if we're giving tickets away. Uh, There is a guy named Tim McKernan who is a figure skater. Really? I remember the barrel man. There's the barrel man in Denver, the guy who would show up. I don't know. It certainly seemed like somebody who was drinking booze (laughs) and then went naked to games in Denver. I just assumed. Um, and then I wound up playing in the World Series of Poker, and his brother was sitting next to me. Barrel Man's brother? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. There are two McKernans sitting next to each other in the World Series of Poker main event, and it was Barrel Man's brother. That is correct. But there's a figure skater named Tim McKernan. Wow. So maybe this guy just Wikipedia'd me. He's right. like, oh, 101 hired a guy who's been figure skating. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Chris Kerber is with us. He's the voice of the blues. He also produces Balloon Party in his free time. Good morning, Chris. Morning, Tim. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for sending over the Sheldon Keefe uh, video slash audio the other night. Unfortunately, Jackson just put it in the system and had no idea who it was, and it led to all hell breaking loose. <laughs> how about how about that question from that reporter? I mean, and you were talking about wanting to stir the pot. What's that? You you talk about wanting to stir the pot with a question. Well, why would you start your worst defenseman in a building that was this loud and this crazy? Like, okay, first off, I'm not sure that any one of those two things has anything to do with each other, right? Yep, they are uh, not cause and effect. I agree. You know, but I just, oh my God, that's, that's why I love that segment so much. I mean, like, like, I mean, you can go on for hours on that one. <laughs> I do enjoy it. Thank you for. Uh... Like, don't you have to, like Tim? Don't you almost at one point want to call up that reporter and interview him and go, "Why the hell are?" Yeah, I, I, I legitimately or, do because I, I don't. Mean, like, what makes you ask that question, or or why would you ask that question that way? So it's one of those things. That, boy, I could go. We we could do like a five hour podcast on on this topic because I do like when I started out. I would recall the reaction of some guys, in particular in the Cardinal Clubhouse, to some of the questions I would ask. And they would, I remember like Matheny one time when he was catching, and he heard me ask a question to somebody, and he just rolled his eyes and laughed like, boy, this dumbass, you know? <laughs> but, but, but my intent was not to stir the pot. I really thought it was a good question. But now, like 15 years removed from it, I'm like, wow, what a dumbass. So I hear that question like, like, like you heard it, and were kind enough to send it over, 
And I thought, is this guy just oblivious or did he go in there with a mission to stir the pot? Because it has to be one or the other, right? Well, what if he asks a question? Now, now here's, here, here's an interesting uh, debate here. What if he just simply asks the question, why did you start Justin Hole? Right. Now it's, now it's a different okay. thing. You know, totally now, now the thing. coach can right now. Now the coach can sit there and say, "Well, why would you question that?" And then it's actually on the coach looking like a dork or, or looking like a jerk. <laughs> right. That's correct. You are okay. You are correct. Actually, you are correct. That is right. If you think about it, that's actually probably a really good question. See, that's the but thing. You go, why did you start your worst defenseman in a building this loud and this crazy? Like. Okay, that's different. Yeah, I mean, it's it's by definition a provocative question. And by provocative, I don't mean intriguing. I mean, you're trying to provoke the person you are interviewing. And I guess it's one of those things, I'm sure you've heard this in your career. I know St. Louis gets labeled this, and I have no idea if there's truth to it or not. Oh, the media is soft. Why don't you ask the hard questions? Well, I mean, you can ask the question, but be respectful, because a respectful question is going to get a more thoughtful answer than me, like, trying to hold John Mazalak accountable, you know, by screaming at him. My, <laughs> my favorite part about that phrase and that comment that's been used, right, and, and there's two there's two things that happen. A little inside pool for for fans. Nice, I like this. You've got your you've got a couple of things. One, most of the time, the people over the 25, 30 years of talk radio in St. Louis that have talked about the media being soft and not asking the tough questions are the ones that never show up to the press conference to ask a question themselves. So that needs to be of note. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then typically when they get challenged and then do so, it still ends up badly for them because they realize how stupid some of those questions <laughs> really are. The other side of it is there's two different there's there's two different things that, that really go on. One, sometimes a writer is looking for a specific angle just to get a quote on. All right. And that, that you kind of understand. But you've got press conference questions and then you've got kind of off press conference questions. And yes. what I mean by that is like yes. we meet we meet as the broadcasters, we meet with the coaches after, you know, kind of a general one and and we'll get into some deeper stuff that maybe either didn't get asked or or we can ask, hey, this guy's having a tough game. What where where's where's this going? That kind of stuff. And you'll get a kind of a different answer that allows us to tell the story more accurately and better on the air. So there's really kind of two different things that go on around broadcast press conferences, some coverage. But then there's then there's just typically the microphone tough guy. Who, uh, the media never asks any tough questions. Okay, I don't remember seeing you in a in a press conference asking one question once. But go ahead. Yeah, you're the tough guy. Well, I I now go nowhere but my basement, so I would certainly fall into that category. But when I used to be down there, it's a weird. I agree exactly with what you're saying. I think maybe some people in the audience would be interested in this with regards to the the quote unquote tough questions. You are going to get, in my opinion, Chris. I mean, hell, you've been doing this two decades, calling Blues games. You are going to get a more honest thoughtful answer number one the way you phrase it but number two in a one-on-one -on -one, or if it's like you and joey for example before a game with a coach then in a setting where somebody's at a microphone knowing that it's being broadcast live on a podium and he's talking to 50 or 100 reporters it's a different vibe to ask maybe a pressing question do you agree with that i i, I do um because the coaches also realize that Kind of when you're doing the you know the public eye thing, which you're doing in these press conferences, the especially in today's world, I mean, one one wrong look and you end up a meme, right? <laughs> I mean, you raise an eyebrow, 
you know, and, and, and you end up a meme. I mean, I mean, look at how, and this, this is fantastic. I still, I still do love this one. And the guy's a great guy, by the way. All right. But Bruce Cassidy of the Boston Bruins, that one meme that came out shortly after he was griping about the, the, the penalties mm-hmm. in, in the Stanley cup playoffs in 2019 still puts me on the floor in stitches, but it shows you how it can go kind of wrong for these guys. And sometimes they've got to really play it close to the vest and, you know, you end up uh, like, like, I'm not talking like like Bill Belichick is just an ass when it comes to that, right? Okay, like I mean that's he he is. So there's that level, you know. But you know, to me, like here's here's the question and a way to look at it. You're going into Game Six tonight. What would be one? What would you consider to be one tough question to ask Craig Berube, and one tough question, you know, that would be a non-soft media question to ask. Uh, Dean Evanson tonight. Well, certainly the goaltending situation in Minnesota is the one that I'm, I'm anxiously refreshing my Twitter feed to see what's going to go. And then no matter what, let's say the announcement's made, whether he goes with Flurry, he goes with Talbot, and then you go, why did you decide to stick with Flurry, or why did you decide to make this change this late in the series for Talbot to see his first action? To me, that's a tough question, but if I don't yell at him, some people might think that I'm being soft. Right, so th- there's two things on that front. One, there's a good chance that he's not going to say who his starter is today. Yeah, and yeah, at his yeah, press conference. yeah. Okay, so that so that's number one. So so as a media member, you kind of know that going in. Now that doesn't mean you don't have to ask it. So he's going to get asked. Maybe he says Talbot. Maybe he says Flurry. Let's say he says Flurry. The tough question comes after the series if the series end, and and the question that to ask is not is not why didn't you start Talbot? That wouldn't be the tough question, right? The tough question would be, do you wish you had gone to Talbot? Yeah. And did you consider doing so during the series? And if he answered, or he asked, did you make it a two-part? Did you consider going to Talbot during the series? Yes. Why didn't you? Yes. Now that's good. Now you're going to get, you're actually going to get some information out of it rather than just a reaction that, that, that makes you part of the balloon party. You put, <laughs> now you understand the name of the show. Uh, so, so along those lines, what do you think we're going to see tonight? Do you think we will see Talbot and Nett? I, I, I would have thought, actually, the last game was the game to bring Talbot in. That's what we were just talking about. On game four. Yeah. And, and I've talked to, I've talked to some, some other people just, yeah, guys that you know, and, and some former goalies and things, and 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 they seem to think, and I, I tend to agree with them that I don't know how you just throw Talbot in here now for the for a potential elimination game. Now it could be two games, right? Uh, but so I, I think the fact that we hadn't seen Talbot come into this series yet tells me this is Flurry series from yeah. beginning to end. Yeah, and I don't think I got to be honest with you. Look, I, I don't think Flurry's been all that bad. I, I don't think Huso was bad. Right. You've just got two very good offensive teams that have found some strides on the power play at different times. I mean, look at those two shots from Kaprizov. Are we really going to hang either one of those yeah. shots on Jordan? Yeah, who's going to stop that? Right? Yeah. Right? Okay, look at that. And I know, I mean, Marty Biron was talking about how he would have liked Flurry to have had that Tarasenko shot because it came from the outside. Guys, that's how he has scored 250 goals in the National Hockey League. Right? I, I have a hard time sometimes blaming a goaltender, you know, for shots when, when the defense does a hard time marking it up. So I, I don't think it's been the goalies. I, I don't think the goalies have been an issue in this series. I, I, I think, frankly, it's been, you know, the, the depth of these two teams that can create a problem. And the Blues' depth of scoring across their lines finally broke through in the last game. 
and showed why they were going to be a handful for Minnesota here. Now, that doesn't mean Minnesota's not going to win, you know, tonight and, and a game seven. Doesn't mean the Blues won't win or, or lose tonight and then maybe force them win or lose a game seven. I, I don't know how that all is going to go. All I do know is the Blues have found some real mojo and some confidence uh, over these last two games that's going to make it harder for Minnesota. I, uh, I, I, I am very fortunate that game four was played on a weekend. And the reason I say that is, had that game been on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, and we were doing the show, I would have been, not necessarily for the purpose, I just would have been honest with the audience, I would have thought the Blues were basically on death's doorstep, considering considering the health of the Blues defense. That was my reasoning. I In two things I didn't handicap, I didn't realize, A, Prunovic would be a real option and that he would be as effective running the power play as he has been. And then I didn't expect the Blues to make the strategic alter, uh, altering that they did uh, that really shut down Minnesota, in particular in Game 4. I just didn't see it coming. I thought it was over, and I figured fans would be pissed that they lost. But I'm like, hey, man, if you lose four of your six defensemen, you put any team with that, they're going to have a tough time overcoming it. That is why, from my standpoint, we haven't talked since Game 4, that that is one of the most surprising and impressive wins in recent memory that I can think of for the Blues. I am curious what your opinion is of it, because clearly it was a defining moment in this series. I think it was a defining game of the type of team that the St. Louis Blues are, and that is resilient. And, look, you had the two defensemen in Pareko and Falk that played over 30 minutes, and it's the first time we had seen that happen in a playoff game, obviously, since McInnes uh, Pronger. Right. Right. I almost just tried to nickname them with one word, call them McConner <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> like okay. Benifer. But, yeah, right. So, but – you know, to, to me, Tim, that that was kind of the game that the Minnesota Wild, and that's why, that's why you're gonna. I really think you're gonna. I hope we don't see something different, right? And I hope the Blues come out and roll. You know, kind of like they did in Game Seven, a six to one win against Dallas. What was that in 2016? Yeah, it was 2016. In, in Game yep. Seven. Yep. I, I hope you and and I hope you see the roll. The, the, the Blues start to roll, and I kind of feel like it's been coming, but but I think you're going to see kind of a reset and a different Minnesota team tonight. Because I think in game five, they were still reeling a little bit going, how did we lose game four? That's what I was wondering, right? yeah. With them having those four defensemen out. And 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 maybe that might have been on their mind. Now they've had some time to process that. And I, I think it's going to be different. Uh, you know, there are those that felt that that was their chance to really put the Blues out of this series. And when it didn't happen, you know, now you've given the Sods, the Tarasenkos, the Thomases, the Butchnaviches a chance to impact the series when they hadn't before. And that, that, that really can change some things. But it, it was clearly a defining series. But there, there were there were two other things, okay, that, that happened in that game that carried into game five for the Blues. One, the line changes that, that Craig Berube made, made it a little more difficult in certain matchup situations uh, for Dean Evason. And the, the interesting part about that was he made those line changes when Craig Berube had home ice, and they were effective still when Dean Evason had home ice. Yeah. The other part about the, the big change was not so much Jordan, in my opinion here, not so much Jordan Bennington in the crease. It was Jordan Bennington out of the crease. Yep, 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 yep. He plays the puck better than Billy Husso. And his ability to stop some of those plays behind the net and kill the dump-ins by the Minnesota Wild and then play the puck up off the glass past their four-checker along the wall. Billy Husso has a tendency to play it right to that guy, and that keeps Minnesota in the zone. 
Bennington has a, does a better job of playing it past that guy or making a seam pass to a forward, and it's done two things. It allowed the Blues to exit a lot cleaner, and yes, they did have Letty and Bortuzzo back, and that was a big help, but it, it, it aided in that. And then two, it prevents your defense sometimes from having to come that extra 15, 20, 30 feet back to behind the net where they were getting crushed by the Minnesota forecheck. And, and so to me, his, his play around his goal line and behind the net is just as critical to the last two games as, as, in my opinion, saves he made in the crease. Huge observation. Yeah, and it's it's right on target, and that's something uh, that I think some people have been starting to notice that that is a, a difference because both guys were playing well at the end of the season, but there is a difference there with the way he handles the puck around the net, and you've seen the impact on the Minnesota forecheck here over the last couple of games. Chris Kerber will be on the call tonight here on 101 ESPN Blues Wild pregame at 7.30. Can't wait for it, Curbs. Thanks so much for the time as always, and thank you for in your free time producing our show. <laughs> let's, let's just call it a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Curbs. All right, guys, have an awesome day. You too. That's Chris Kerber with us, brought to you by Engineer Designed Facilities. It's the Blues Playoff Report. We will come back. Dan McLaughlin is going to join us on the Cardinals and Orioles, a business person's special. Do you say busman special, Jackson? Yeah, I, I, I try to. Yeah. Oh, Save a syllable with all that we have. We only have so much time. Fastest 60 minutes in radio. Exactly. Uh, that's coming up uh, as well. You are listening to Balloon Party here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You didn't you didn't say that tonight's game was in Minnesota, did you? Oh my god. Yes. Oh, I keep I keep mixing Another it up. Another promo to make Ryder. I keep mixing it up. Six, I got five, close. seven eight zero for now your text I, in. Now I got oh my god. Now I gotta close the text I think, inbox. I think at this point. You know, I know uh, I saw 105.7 The Point running a promo uh, for, like, uh, somebody to come in and DJ. Oh, really? And I think it's time that we run a promo for somebody to come in and do a sports center update. I just think it's time. Listen, go down to Memphis for a week or two. <laughs> take, take the tough. Get tough your head straight. I keep mixing it we up. We still owe you $18 million. You're good. Uh, as long as I get paid for it, I'm fine right. with it. Uh, I keep mixing it up. It's... Well, the texts are starting to come in. I closed it for my own self-esteem, but please feel free to. <laughs> I do notice that. Yeah, oh, yeah. If I have a if I have a flub where enough where it's gonna, yeah, really get the people going. I just you know, why uh, why fight the battle? It's a home game, Doctor Hockey. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get. It's I, not in Minnesota, uh, you freaking dink. That's a good one. Way to go, Mister Hockey. Quit worrying about basketball and pay attention to the Blues. I can just read these the rest of the show. Dan McLaughlin, however, is going to be with us. We do have some Cardinals news. Uh, A few things, actually. And uh, one of them is Stephen Matz is going to start today. It's supposed to be Jordan Hicks day. I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was a Hicks day. Yeah, good thing I didn't read that in the sports hour update. Wouldn't have been able to blame you on that one. I think knowing that the Blues are playing in St. Louis tonight, considering you know the station we're on and everything, and that it's a significant game. But hey, you know it was a you, you knew it deep down. You just misspoke. That's what I think is going. My on. dad just texted actually. Texted now your dad's just owning you. And he said, "Write it out. Read it. It's not that hard." <laughs> Sorry, Pop. Uh, yeah, my parents abandoned listening, yeah, to, right, listening to what I do <laughs> decades ago. They'll get it. Um, so, uh, yeah, they uh, they also have sent uh, Kramer Robertson down, and uh, he got to get an RBI last oh. night. Yep. Kim Mulkey's son. Right. Who appeared on BK and Ferrario. Yeah. 
Uh, and certainly enthusiastic about her uh, son being the major leagues, as you would understand. But he is back down to Memphis, and Edmundo Sosa is back uh, active. Although I believe Donovan's uh, currently listed as the starting shortstop. So there you go. So it'll be a Stephen Matz day. Derek Gould theorizes on the Twitter tweets that that is because they don't want Matz to face the Giants two times in a row. Ah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I was looking at uh, starters for fantasy baseball today, and I saw Walker was going up against, I think, the Nationals, Tywin Walker. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I was like, man, he got rocked in his last start, but it was this third straight time pitching against the Phillies. Yeah, like, I got to get the benefit of the doubt there. Right, yeah. You know? There's, yeah, there's definitely times like that where— So I get it. You know, he got rocked last time. You know, yeah. get him in against this group. <laughs> get some confidence going. Get Hicks up against the Giants. This is something else. It really is. It's like FCS and FBS in Major League Baseball now. It is. It is. You want to go to the Missouri game? Who are they playing? Abilene Christian? Eh. Right. Want to go to the Cardinal game? Who are they playing? The Orioles? Eh. (laughs) Yeah. Busman special. Somebody texted in what I think the over-under... Or if I would go on the under, I, uh, I I like to promote taking the under in a getaway day. Now, it's not a getaway day for the Cardinals. They are still in St. Louis. Right. The total is eight and a half, and it's hotter than a fire's a hell out there. So, with that said, I wouldn't be as enthusiastic about the under, even though that number is eight and a half. Yeah. If the Cardinals had to fly somewhere, if the Cardinals had to go to San Francisco, right? As as crazy as this may sound to some people, I'm telling you, I would be more apt to say take the under. Now, you might think that's crazy. That's fine. It's honesty in media. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. That's what I would say. They get to stay home. The Orioles are the Orioles. Right. Also, you got the Mats bounce back start potential. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I can't advise that. Do not put that in predictionary. And besides, I'm the guy who, once again, as I told Chris Kerber, very fortunate that the Blues game four was on Sunday because mm-hmm. I would have been on the radio going on. You know, I just don't know how they're going to win yeah. and I can't really be upset either because if the Wild lost four of their top six defensemen I would expect the Blues to win that thing you know right. so that's what I thought was going to happen with the Blues couldn't be happier to be wrong about it but Jackson I own it I own, own it. my mistakes got to you own your mistake oh, you yeah. now acknowledge that tonight's game six will be played in St. Louis Missouri and not St. Paul Minnesota yes yes I can say that with confidence would you like to apologize to the yeah audience? I'd like to apologize to the audience you know, I'm sure some people are like, I don't know where the game is tonight. And then right. they hear that. they rely on you. Yeah, and they hear that, and they're like, oh, well, I, I thought I had tickets. What am I? And then. No, those are for game seven. Right. And I <laughs> I apologize for any inconvenience I caused anybody today. Oh, my gosh. Right. That was so heartfelt. I tried I'd like to, to see a tweet and a statement, and then we can all judge your apology. <laughs> From my Mr. That's Hockey like account. No, and then I have a burner with a dog avatar that I'll be judging your apology. I've seen those around recently. They're very active. Dan McLaughlin's going to join us coming up here in a matter of moments. This is Balloon Party. I want to want to speak. The St. Louis. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to ESPN. Tim McKernan with you to the top of the hour, and then it's BK and Ferrario. They will be live from Enterprise Center along with the Fast Lane. So, 101 ESPN broadcasting live from the Enterprise Center as we get ready for Game 6 tonight. Make sure to get there early to enjoy the Bud Light Happy Hour pregame party in the Anheuser-Busch Beer Garden beginning two hours prior to puck drop. Enjoy live music, food, and drink specials, and stop by the 101 ESPN table to get registered to win a signed Blues jerseys. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure to welcome to the show Dan McLaughlin. Dan, good morning. 
Oh, wow. The gallery is charged up. The the gallery is charged up. Boy, I I tell you what, (laughs) Tim, that's one of the best ovations I've had in a long time. And I noticed on that promo, uh, you didn't mention Brad Thompson. And uh, Brad Thompson is a member of the the Fast Lane. And I'm not sure if he's going to be participating in that program later today. And I think for the station to get their money's worth, maybe you should have Brad Thompson on your show because he is sitting right next to me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh is right. He's sitting right here. <laughs> hey, BT. And uh, if you'd love to have him on instead of me, I, you oh, it know. Sounds like, I it sounds encourage. like you're interested in tapping out today. <laughs> no, I would never just pass the buck it's like the re- that. It's the read <laughs> I'm getting. It's the read I'm getting. you to go on the air. Is Tim McDermott in action, Jackson? That's him. That's him right there. It's Brad Thompson, hey, Jackson. Hey, BT. That's Brad. BT, do you want to say hi here? Just go ahead and say hi. <laughs> I think he's pawning me off, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's exactly what's going on. No. Hey, I, I will give you back to the hero here. Just know this. I, I love the balloon party, and you and Action Jackson do a fantastic job. Oh, my gosh. Another promo we can cut. Oh, this is fantastic. Things are happening on this show. Thanks, Brad. I don't care. Thank you, Brad. I don't care if it's uh, Jackson. Hello, this is Dan. Dan, Jackson. welcome back to the yeah. show. <laughs> This is how it used to go when I used to call a girl in high school, and they'd pass around and giggle. That's no, what, they didn't, what, Tim. You were a very <laughs> handsome young man. You had a great upbringing. You were doing wonderful things at Pietro's. That's you had right. A big I was. You had a Pietro's busboy reset. That is solid. Let me tell you something. Us South City guys stick together, bro. That's correct. Okay. I was jealous of you that you had a job at Pietro's, and I didn't. Where, where Were you bussing tables? What were you doing? Well, at that time, I was not bussing tables, um, but eventually in college, to make money and to make some ends meet, I did work over what uh, was the Stovers, and it's changed hands. It's the big hotel right by the uh, right by the airport, and they would have banquets on uh, like almost every other floor. So you were running up and down, oh boy. and I was a busboy for the banquets. And uh, let me tell you what. I was really good. Really, <laughs> you talk about being able to change out some water and the occasional wine and cocktail. Boy, I was I was on it. You had I wonderful Yelp reviews in the 1990s. <laughs> really did, really did. It was amazing. So anyway, uh, how are you guys doing? We're doing wonderfully here. Jackson just let the audience know during the Sports Center update that tonight uh, Blues game is in Minnesota. So that might that might be something you want to update during the Cardinals and Orioles game. It was a late change. Shoot, what am I supposed to do with my tickets now? <laughs> so things are things have gotten away from us. I understand there's a change down at the ballpark today. Steven Matz is going to get the ball instead of Hicks. Yeah, Steven Matz. So, you know, by basically pushing back guys, um, you're, you're buying some time. And so you're allowed to maybe maneuver a little bit. And so the Cardinals, I can understand why they would do this. I mean, Steven Matz, you got the Giants coming in town tomorrow and if you watched his last start against the Giants it wasn't a good one it was uh, eight runs all earned gave up some home runs and was hit hard so uh, you, you, you have him set to go on normal rest here today against the Orioles and then uh, you get Hicks going tomorrow more than likely that's my assumption I don't think there's any doubt that that'll happen mm-hmm. so it, it makes some sense and I, I think when you play teams this closely together like the Cardinals and the Giants and basically you're just a week apart you see this at times, so it's not foreign to the game to see something like this happen, especially with the off day and buying yourself some time with the packing knot and start. So that allows you to uh, to make this move. I uh, I heard you on uh, BK and Ferrario, I believe that was yesterday, 
Uh, Talking about the reasoning behind going with Robertson instead of Gorman, and if I'm not mistaken, you thought one of the reasons was the Cardinals really do want to see what Sosa can do at shortstop, and he has been activated today, Kramer Robertson going back down. Um, What what perspective can you give on the Cardinals' interest in giving Sosa a run at short? Well, I think what's going to happen here is that so you let DeYoung go down to the minor leagues and use that as a reset, and hopefully something clicks for him down there. Maybe it's lesser competition and you get some confidence. Maybe it's a different voice in his ear away from some of the voices here, potentially, because there's a lot of voices, you know, trying to give them uh, give him their two cents. So sometimes that's good. Now, the way I look at it is that this is also by design. I, I think we need to throw in the, the Tommy Edmond factor with this is that they do not want to move him from second base and they want him to play every day at second base because he's a gold glove defender and he's won some games defensively. Uh, I can think of the game that ended in a double play with Giovanni Gallegos on the mound in Milwaukee. I think of the game in San Francisco last weekend where he made a couple of plays to start a double play to end the game that most, if not all second basemen don't get to it or be able to turn to. So that is something that you have to consider and then the other thing is, is that Sosa was your starting shortstop in the playoffs last year yeah. and has not had a full run to show what he can do this year. So I think they're going to let him have that run. And then at that point, you've exhausted all your options. And do you look at a trade? Do you look at the young coming back up? Do you move Tommy Edmond? Then I think anything's on the table at that point. I think the uh, thing that has Cardinal fans buzzing, and understandably so, is what uh, Juan Yepes has done here. And he was raking again last night, his second home run, uh, and he was two for five. What have you seen from him? He was really the guy, Dan, going into spring training that people were excited to see. And then because it didn't really get going and then Pujols was signed, that it, I almost felt like he was a forgotten guy in a matter of six weeks. And now people are uh, reminded why the Cardinals were high on him. Hundred percent. And when they went into spring training, uh, the door was open for both Yepes and for Gorman to make this team. You know, to be a right and a left complement for your designated hitter. So, in, and you could see both guys really were pressing Tim in spring training. I saw a bunch of their bats, and they gave them a pretty good run. But you saw young guys that were pressing. So you go back down, you do your thing, and all of a sudden you get called up. And the one thing that I think that I'm seeing already with Juan is that when a guy comes up initially, generally speaking, pitchers are saying, okay, it's a young guy. I'm going to test him. Here comes a fastball. Here's another fastball. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow it right by him. Well, he's hitting fastballs at a great clip. And now last night, if you're watching the game, the Orioles were throwing in breaking balls, and he's made that adjustment. So when you think about like when Bo Hart got here and he went nuts, all he was seeing was fastballs. And I remember talking to Bo at a fantasy camp in the last couple of years. And he said, yeah, he said, they challenged me with fastballs because I'm, you know, 5'10 or whatever he is and 180 pounds at that. And they're thinking they can blow it by me. And then all of a sudden the great equalizer came and that was a major league breaking ball. Well, Juan is seeing that right now and he's made the adjustment already. And so I love his approach, too, with two strikes. Jimmy brought that up, Jimmy Edmonds, over the weekend. He said, man, look at how he gets spread out with two strikes and looking at putting the ball in play and not just selling out with two strikes and trying to hit a home run. And he's done that. So it's been exciting to see, and hopefully it carries for a while here because they need him. And, you know, back to the shortstop position, is, and it does dovetail into – 
Yepes, you know, if Carlson and O'Neill are hitting, we're not talking as much about the glaring hole that has been at short in the production offensively. But Yepes has eased some of those concerns as well. So it's been fun to see, and hopefully it continues. Yeah, it has been really fun to see and encouraging, considering he was somebody they were high on going into spring, and now he has rediscovered it here at the Major League level. Dan McLaughlin on the call today with Brad Thompson, who also made a wonderful cameo on Balloon Party. Big show. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll use that as a promo. He grabbed the phone from me, guys. He (laughs) wanted to be on that badly, because I got the sense that you were passing the phone to him, but you're telling me he grabbed the phone. It was more active. Okay. It was was pretty physical that Brad... Brad yeah. kind of, you know, threatened me, and I just like, okay, man, sorry. Yeah. Do you really want to be on a one-hour midday show? It's yours, you know. I mean, <laughs> no come question. on, Dan. No enjoy question. the festivities today, sir. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. See you, Thanks, Dan. Danny. There he is, Dan McLaughlin, with us here. Uh, BK and Ferrari are coming up next. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.